This is Outcasting Overtime, from Media for the Public Good, producer of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Dhruv, a youth participant in Outcasting's main studio in Westchester County, New York. On this edition, Outcaster Andrew talks about a bad experience with a doctor. When I was 15, I discovered that I had abnormally high testosterone levels for someone assigned female at birth. This happened after the blood supply to one of my ovaries was cut off, causing it to swell to about 8 inches long. When the ovary was removed, my testosterone levels went back down to what they were before, a medically normal level. But I'm a trans male, and I wasn't so happy about that. I wasn't out yet at the time, but I was fully aware by then that I was trans. My endocrinologist, whom I had started seeing just before my surgery, began to pick up on the fact that I was unhappy about my testosterone levels going back down and began to suspect that I was trans. Because I wasn't out to anyone, this was a very stressful and confusing situation for me. Rather than trying to have a straightforward conversation with me about my gender identity, the doctor dropped hints about it without ever addressing it directly, and spoke cryptically. She spoke to my mom a lot privately, with me in another room. Based on what my mom later told me, I suspect they were discussing my gender, but I was never sure exactly what was going on. Because I wasn't out, I was afraid to ask her directly about it, especially because I wasn't sure if she actually knew or if I was just being paranoid about being found out. This indirect discussion of my gender made it feel like a shameful taboo, something to be hidden. The doctor's lack of straightforwardness with me made me afraid of being straightforward with her. Then the situation got even worse. Scans showed that I was developing more ovarian cysts, and so the endocrinologist prescribed me with birth control containing estrogen. This is a common treatment for ovarian cysts, but not, as I would later discover, the only possible one. At my appointments, the endocrinologist discussed how the estrogen might supposedly treat or fix my gender identity. She repeated that she hoped the estrogen would resolve, as she put it, these feelings you're having, referring to my gender dysphoria. This made it clear that she didn't see my gender as legitimate, which made me feel rejected and dehumanized. And taking estrogen affected my body in ways that I did not want, making me feel like I was losing control. I already had gender dysphoria, which can make my relationship with my body very distressing and frustrating, and having to take female hormones made that so much worse. Back when the endocrinologist first prescribed me with birth control, I told my mom I didn't want to take it. Since the endocrinologist assured us that it was medically necessary, we came to a compromise. I would take the birth control but skip the monthly placebo that causes most people who take birth control to still have periods. The doctor didn't approve of this. Going forward, she began to insist that this decision was bad for my sense of gender because I wouldn't get used to being a girl without getting periods. She also insisted that it was bad for my physical health, but she was vague about why. As far as my mom and I could tell, this isn't true. Taking birth control continuously isn't uncommon, and no other doctor or source I've found says that it's unhealthy. Ultimately, I left this endocrinologist over this, in addition to a couple of other concerns that caused my mom to lose trust in her. I started seeing a new endocrinologist after this. By this point, I was out to a couple of people, so I told my new endocrinologist I was trans from the start. Unlike the other doctor, she had respectful, open discussions with me about my gender identity and my wants and needs for my body. Instead of birth control, she prescribed me Lupron, a drug that suppresses sex hormones. It works as a treatment for ovarian cysts, 
by blocking sex hormones, and it's also commonly used as a puberty blocker for younger trans kids. And because it works to suppress estrogen, a sex hormone, it keeps me from getting periods or developing further feminine secondary sex characteristics as I wait to start testosterone. This was a great temporary solution for both my medical needs and my gender needs, and it came about because my doctor was willing to take my gender seriously and tailor my treatment to my situation. Seeing this new doctor gave my experience with my old doctor new perspective. The old doctor had told me that taking estrogen was medically necessary for me, so I had accepted that the damage it caused to my body was something I had to endure. Finding out that there were other solutions that didn't change my body in ways that I didn't want made it incredibly frustrating that I'd had to spend a year taking estrogen. My first doctor should have treated my gender identity as legitimate, like my second doctor did. She should have had an open discussion with me about what treatment options would have accommodated my needs and wants for my body. Instead, she took advantage of the fact that I wasn't yet ready to stand up for myself. Many trans people, especially those who medically transition or want to, end up interacting with the medical system a lot. Unfortunately, though, many doctors don't do a good job of dealing with trans patients, like my first endocrinologist, who thought that my trans identity was changeable. If doctors lack understanding of what it means or what it's like to be trans, they can end up mentally and physically damaging patients who need their help. I'll never get back that year of my life that I spent taking estrogen, and it's taken a lot of time for my self-esteem to recover from the way that doctor treated me when I was at my most vulnerable and insecure. If more doctors are better educated about trans people and our needs, more doctors can fulfill the purpose of their jobs, making people's health better, not worse. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime. Outcasting Overtime is a production of Media for the Public Good, a nonprofit organization that produces public radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Our executive producer is Mark Sofis. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and outcasting overtime. Thanks, and thanks for listening.